0: The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We're gonna talk about Corbin Burns being the new face of the franchise for the Brewers, as well as a couple other thoughts from Brewers Cardinals. We will also discuss Bally Sports Plus coming to a cable cutter streaming service near you. Uh, we'll talk about why they need to think a little bit outside the box if they truly want this to work. Lastly, we'll talk about Brooks Koepka joining the Live Tour. I did also wanna talk about PJ Tucker, so maybe I'll touch on that right before we do Brooks. But yes, Brooks joining the Live Tour is a major bummer, and we'll talk about that at the end of today's show. Before we get going, just a reminder, make sure you're following us along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. We had uh, PJ Tucker, we did a recap, which actually was really good from a view perspective on Instagram, so thank you. Um, still still working on the reviews. I don't know why the reviews do not pick up as well. Um, would love to hear any feedback suggestions on what we could be doing differently there. Uh, but yeah, all good stuff, make sure you're following along. Lastly, um, subscribe. We tell you that all the time. Rate, review. Uh, if you already are subscribed, share it with your friends. Tell your friends about this great podcast. We, I think, are doing it a lot better than people. I looked at some of the topics that some of the local radio shows had this morning, and I, they're just not doing this stuff. And this, You're getting much more out of this than you are with local radio. Just remember that. Uh, So, and you're getting multiple topics. You're not just getting the Packers. You're not just getting the Brewers. You're not just getting the Bucks. You're getting everything. So it'll give you a spice of life for the state of Wisconsin and its sports. All right, let's talk about Corbin Burns and being the face of the franchise. Corbin Burns was awesome last night. Corbin Burns had 10 strikeouts. He allowed two hits. Juan Yepes was really the only guy on the Cardinals who could touch Corbin Burns. If Yepes wasn't there, Corbin Burns would have carried a no-hitter into the seventh inning, just like he did uh, against the Cleveland Guardians. I think at that point they were the baseball team or the Indians last year. And Burns could have had another opportunity for it. He was absolutely in his bag, as the kids would like to say. Burns' cutter was moving all over the diamond. It was hard for the Cardinals to keep up. The Cardinals have one of the lowest strikeout rates in all of baseball, and Corbin Burns made them look silly. Corbin Burns is a definition of an ace. Tom Verducci, who is the color guy for the national broadcast, which was a great thing to have, which we'll get to when we talk about Ballet Plus, Verducci goes and explains how some teams have number one starters, but other teams have aces, and Corbin Burns is an ace, and Verducci is spot on. Sometimes I think Tom is a little too much of a purist, but in that moment, Tom knew exactly what to say, and that was a great comment by him because he's absolutely right. There is no one like Corbin Burns in baseball. Maybe that's a little strong, but... Seriously, he is maybe not one of one, but he's like one of five, right? If you look at the National League right now, it is actually a great time to be a guy like Corbin Burns. Joe Musgrove is pitching great for San Diego. Uh, Burns is number three right now in ERA. Uh, Miles Mikolas, who also is on the other side, is pitching great. But right now, Corbin Burns has the ace belt. I got the guys in the top ten of ERA for the National League, I don't know if I consider any of them aces. Maybe Musgrove, uh, Zach Wheeler could potentially be in that conversation. But Corbin Burns right now has the belt as a pitcher because of the struggles DeGrom has had with injuries, because we haven't had a good Max Scherzer year. I, I really do believe that Corbin Burns not only is the face of the Brewers franchise, but one of the guys you watch when it comes to pitchers. If you listen to Frank Swindell and Patrick Wisdom on part of my take, I think it was last Friday, uh, they talked about how Burns is the toughest pitcher to face. That they don't want to face Burns. They don't get excited to face Corbin Burns. And to watch him carve up a Cardinals team that is very good offensively was just an absolute joy to watch. And it makes me truly believe that the Brewers need to push Burns as the face of this franchise. It is not Christian Yelich anymore. I'm not going to rag on Christian Yelich, which every local media and every pundit wants to fucking do. It's not what I'm gonna do, all right? I I don't know what changed with Christian Yelich. I think it was the juice balls. I think it was the video stuff. We don't need to go into a deep dive on why Christian Yelich is not the player he used to be, but Corbin Burns is that guy right now. Corbin Burns to me, is what you have with a face of the franchise. A guy who is gonna give you his best effort every time out. And to me, that is exactly what a face of the franchise looks like. A guy who is at his absolute best. Not necessarily the guy who is the most marketable. The guy who actually is going out there and being the best, not only for the Milwaukee Brewers, but for all of baseball. Burns is that right now. and. I love that about him, and I think the Brewers need to gear more things towards Corbin Burns. I realize that the guy doesn't have that much of a personality. I get that the guy doesn't maybe even really want that. It kind of harkens to, if you've ever seen Major League Two, where Rick Vaughn kind of sells out, right? Rick Vaughn becomes a complete sellout. I think Major League Two. I know a lot of people don't like it. I think Major League Two is a sneaky good movie. Um, I know that they geared it more towards kids because it's PG, not R. The first one's R, and they go R to PG, which is kind of wild to think about uh, in modern you know movies. They don't do that anymore. But anyways, um, you know Rick Vaughn sells out. And now I'm not asking Corbin Burns to sell out, but I am asking, you know, can the Brewers make Corbin Burns a little more marketable and gear him towards that face of the franchise? To me, you know, the Brew Crew Cadet jerseys, great example of that, right? They had Josh Hader, I think Lorenzo Cain, weirdly enough, and Christian Yelich as the jerseys available. How do you not have Corbin Burns as a jersey available? Well, obviously Burns doesn't sell like Hader or Yelich, but they need to start getting to that level with him. And I don't know really how that, it has to be a little buy-in from Burns, right? But if I were a company and I needed somebody to sponsor my product, I'd be looking at Corbin Burns as the guy to do it because he is carrying, it will be, I'm a little early on this, but I'm telling you this is what it should be. Maybe it won't be because of Yelich and the personality that Yelich brings, but Corbin Burns is the face of this franchise. Whether he likes it or not, he should be that guy for the Brewers because there's no one I wanna watch more than him. There's no one that I trust right now for the Brewers more than him. I put Burns right now in the same conversation as I do with Giannis Kumbo with Aaron Rodgers. Like That's where I where I have Corbin Burns. And I used to have Christian Ellis there. I don't have him there. I don't think a closer can be your face of the franchise with Josh Hader. I mean, I know Hader gets a lot of love, and I know Hader is awesome to watch too, but you don't see Hader every night. And Burns, you're guaranteed every five nights that you're going to see him. And a part of me feels foolish that I haven't gone to more Corbin Burns starts. And you know, Bill Simmons talks about this, I think in his book, actually, so not a podcast, in his book uh, about the Boston Red Sox, about how he ended up seeing, I think it was like 19... 19- of Pedro Martinez's starts in Fenway Fenway Park. Uh, Whenever Pedro, when he was dominant in 2000 um, and, and won that Cy Young that year, he watched almost all of Pedro's starts in person. And a part of me is jealous that I can't do that with Burns. Part of it is due to the fact that I have a life. I have a wife. I have responsibilities at home that I can't just be like, honey, I'm going to go watch Corbin Burns pitch. Corbin Burns on the mound. I'm going to the stadium. I can't really do that, number one. Number two, it's that I you know it's it's hard. It's not it's not easy to get out to the ballpark all the time. It's hard to go to games, you know, every five days. And if you if I live close, if I like if we had a place in Story Hill, right, where I could walk to the stadium or walk over to Dugout 54 or Kelly's and get a ride on the shuttle and then just go watch Corbin Burns pitch, 100% no-brainer. Um, I would do that ten times out of ten. But I actually have to get in my car, get an Uber. To go to the games. I guess you could say, well, you could do the Jack shuttle, but it's it's a little harder than the Cali shuttle, in my opinion. I don't know. It's I don't need to explain to you why I haven't done it more. Maybe it's my guilt, guilt settling in, but I was truly impressed with Corbin Burns last night, and I really do find him to be the face of the franchise for this Milwaukee Brewers team. Other topics from the Brewers and Cardinals game, the three takes and out I, Burns, obviously, number one was fantastic last night. Um, I think that's that has been said now for the first 10 minutes of this podcast. But yes, loved what I saw from Corbin Burns. Uh, the Brewers probably left too many guys on base last night for number two. They had real opportunity to kind of blow this thing open, and they just didn't have that final hit. They had two leadoff doubles that amounted to nothing. I know the Cardinals' pitching is good, but the Brewers should have done a little bit more. I understand that you got away with it, but. Who knows what you're going to deal with night in, night out? Um, I, you know, Williams was great, Hater was good, but at the same time, I would like to actually add on runs and get insurance runs. That's what good baseball teams do. I'm not saying that the Brewers aren't a good baseball team. I'm just saying it. it you need to kind of elevate yourself a little bit more than just two runs against the Cardinals most on most nights. Number three, a couple of just angry Brewer stuff. Uh, first of all, Chi-Chi Gonzalez is starting tonight um, I think you guys remember we were talking about Chi-Chi on Friday's show And how I didn't want to see him, Aaron Ashby's hurt I would imagine that this is a stopgap for Brandon Woodruff Chi-Chi Gonzalez is an awful pitcher um, I would never advocate to bet against the Brewers But if you don't have a soul and want to make some money I think you'd, you'd be in a good shape tonight uh, Chi-Chi is an absolute menace. He is not good, and I don't mean that in a good way uh, the guy's a menace to the game of pitching, um, just awful. So I will probably boycott Washington Brewers tonight, just flat out. Number number two, they they found out, the Boston Red Sox, not they, the, the Boston Red Sox found out that Jackie Bradley Jr. had a stigmatism in his eye. And they found it out in spring training, and now Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr. is hitting 281. So his eye was all fucked up. So absolutely crazy that the Brewers missed this. I don't understand how the Brewers didn't say, oh, maybe his eyes are, you know, there's something wrong there, right? Like how the fuck did the Brewers miss this? And I've been, I don't, I can't remember how much I've talked about this on a podcast, i am certainly thought it. You know, that's always hard when you do this every day. You think about, you're like, "Did I did I talk about this yet? Did we have this conversation? But I really don't think the Brewers training staff has done a great job in the last couple of years. Like all the ankle injuries that the Brewers had and all of these guys, it seems like it takes them longer to come back from injury. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this is normal. But you look at Cole Wong, who was supposed to be back to start this series. Oh, he had a setback. Aaron Ashby you know, was doing a bullpen session with his forearm injury. Oh, he had a setback. It's like, okay, so are we pushing these guys too hard From the start and not letting their injuries calm down and it's like oh shit my arm actually hurts still or my calf actually hurts still I can't go and then there's delayed you had three guys with ankle injuries uh with Woodruff I I can't was it oh Adamas Woodruff Adamus, and now Brousseau Brousseau's ankle injury was supposed to be a 10-day thing he's still on the fucking eye out I mean, I'm not a huge Brousseau guy, but they're, but they're missing you know, something off their bench. I, and actually, I don't know, maybe with how has played and been consistently all right, I don't know if there's a spot for Mike Brousseau, but maybe there is, I guess with Jonathan Davis, you could say, but then you're lacking an outfield, who knows? Maybe they will have Brousseau, maybe they won't. But the fact is, is like the Brewers, seemingly always are having problems with their their injuries. And this wasn't a thing a couple years ago and it seems like it's deteriorated. And I don't know if it's just different changes in personnel, I don't know if it's changes in approach, but it seems like the Brewers have been much more injury prone than years past. Maybe it's just an anomaly of a year, but we saw this with the Packers, right? I remember how many hamstring injuries the Packers would get with Mike McCarthy's guys and then once Matt LaFleur took over it seemingly felt like the, the Packers didn't have a ton of injuries except for last year where they they mounted up but they were never like soft tissue stuff so I don't know what's going on there um it's just frustrating to say the least On um, the last thing I guess a bonus one so I don't sound like a complete crab ass it was nice to see Tyrone Taylor get a big hit Uh, for the Brewers. Uh, Tyrone's been kind of struggling since he had that breakout. Has not been the same June for him. Teams, I think, have figured him out a little bit, but it was good to see Tyrone make some contact, and maybe he can get hot down the stretch. But yes, four straight wins for the Brewers. They've won five of their last six games. They're back in first place. I think they'll be back out of it tonight with Chi-Chi. You just got to hold on for dear life. If Chi-Chi can somehow Give the Brewers five innings and three or less runs, I have absolute wood because there is no way that's going to actually happen. Or if the Brewers can basically be in a dogfight with Jack Flaherty, who's very good, but still coming back from injury, maybe the Brewers have a fucking shot in this one. But we'll see. Um, I think I'm doing uh, tapping the keg with Mitch tonight, so no podcast about it, but um, we'll definitely reconvene on Thursday's show. Sticking with the Brewers, but moving kind of Brewers Bucks-esque. Bally Sports Plus is launching on the 23rd. It will launch for the Thursday day game. Kind of smart, actually, in my opinion, because basically you know there won't be as many people watching. Sure, those who work from home will subscribe and have the game on. They're charging $20 a month. That is more than Netflix. Uh, That is more than HBO Max. So you're asking a lot for just baseball and it will be basketball. Yes. At the end of the year. But if you think about that, you're it's, it's a pretty expensive, it's a pretty expensive investment. You're basically investing $140 for the entire season. Then for the NBA, you're investing about that. If not similar, you have, you will have gaps in coverage, right? The brewers will get done in October and they'll make the playoffs. I don't, I think the wildcard games can be on uh, local broadcast, but still you're gonna have maybe a couple of weeks where you're not gonna get the most out of it in October. The bucks will start soon enough, and then yeah, maybe it, it all works out. But it's a lot of money to ask a sports fan when let's be real, you're not able to watch every game to the completion. Like you're not able to sit down and watch every game. If somebody hired me to do this for a living, Yes, then that's my job. Like then I have to be home for every every game or try my damnedest to basically make sure that I am watching almost every game. And so then you could look at it and say, well, it's a write-off and things like that. But what I think they need to do, and what I would do if I was Ballet Sports Plot, it would be to partner with YouTube TV and Hulu Live, who they've since you know kind of burn, and maybe not burn bridges but they've certainly had issues with and talk about a potential add-on to YouTube TV and to HB, and to Hulu Live. There's no way they're gonna do this, Let, let's just be clear. But I'm telling you this would help them out and help bridge the gap. Because if you could tell me that I have YouTube TV and I pay whatever, 60 bucks a month for it, and I could add on the Bally sports add-on as a $20 add-on or let's just, say it's a $15 add-on or something like that, maybe cut it, cut the cost slightly. Um, but no, nah, they probably wouldn't do that. they do $20. And I could just say, all right, now I have Bally to basically navigate one app and I don't have to go app to app. I think the most frustrating thing about Bally Sports and why I love the fact that Brewers were on Fox last night and they're on FS1 again tonight for those who want to watch the disaster that is Gigi Gonzalez uh they, you can basically toggle between other stuff. You don't have to just stick to the Brewers. And as someone who has a wife and who doesn't want to watch baseball all the time, it's nice that you have that ability, right? You can watch something else. Or you can make sure that you're tuning into other sports if you're interested in that. Like it was nice to go when the Brewers were on commercial to watch the Avalanche and the Lightning for a little bit. Like that to me is, is something that Bally Sports Plus will not have the ability to do. It's just another app on your TV. My other question is, is like, will it work with all smart TVs? You know, I have a friend who, isn't able to get the Bally Sports app on his TV. Now he hates Bally, he would never support Bally, but he can't get it on his TV. That's fucking wild to me that Bally isn't available on all smart TVs, but it isn't, which is crazy. That to me needs to be an emphasis for Bally Sports if if you want to you know, bring back the local fandom. There are a lot of people who haven't watched Brewer games in two years, which is absolutely banana land to me. I don't understand that, are people just not that intuitive uh, and not think through this a little bit more of like, all right, do you know if you have a friend who has cable or parents who have cable, they have an account, they likely have Bally Sports, you use their login and bada boom, bada bang, you're in. I've been doing that since really the start of this, since the genesis of not having it on YouTube TV, I've been able to watch and enjoy and actually, weirdly, the Bally Sports app, except for like two or three exa- two or three cases, have been actually pretty good, which is weird to say. I realize that you don't hear a lot of nice things about the app, but the app really isn't a problem for me. I, I never really had too much of an issue. But I, I do think that if you want to be an actual player in this, you need to have the Hulu, the Hulu or YouTube TV buy-in because more and more people would look at it and say, all right, I'm adding an extra feature to my YouTube TV, which basically makes a cable, right? But I have that choice. And if let's say I don't watch a ton of Brewer Baseball in September or the Brewers have it wrapped up or the Bucks are dominant and they're resting a bunch of guys at the end of the month, you know, maybe I can pause the app for a little while and save myself some money. And I don't necessarily need it to me that, that is a better route than, okay, now I have to have another streaming platform. And I think that's the other thing. It's hard because there are so many platforms out there. I mean, it's it's worse than cable in my opinion, right? Like there is stuff on Peacock that I'd like to watch. There's stuff on Paramount Plus that I would like to watch. Now, I, A, I don't have the fucking time. I'm busy as shit. So I barely have time to watch you know, my normal stuff. Um, like, I'm just trying to, to watch the boys every week. I'm trying to, I still haven't watched the new season of Stranger Things. Like, I'm behind on that. And it's like, I had off yesterday, and, and I'm not complaining, because I enjoyed having my day off, and I got a lot of shit done. But because I got a lot of shit done, I wasn't able just to hang out and watch TV. Like, that that's foreign, it's hard when you have a podcast and things like that where you have to watch the Brewers every night or try your damnedest to watch at least a majority of the baseball game because that and, and as you get deeper into the season you get more involved and lastly you know there it's just harder to watch everything it's harder to get all of these streaming services so i, I don't know if this is going to work for Bally i wouldn't be surprised if Ballet starts this out and realizes that nobody is subscribing at $20 a month and they lower that cost to about 15, I would not be surprised if the point of entry is closer to 15. I would also be curious to see what the drop-off is for fans in the month of September. You know, for the people who just need something to watch in their life. Maybe they go June to August, and I realize September baseball, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be intense. Like, if the Brewers aren't in a pennant chase and they're, they've somehow broken away from the NL Central, will everybody focus their attention on the Packers? I think that's the other thing. Like, every other sport, it's completely free to watch that every one of their games. It's completely free to watch the Badgers. Well, and I realize you need a subscription, but once you have a subscription, you can watch whoever, right? You can watch the Badgers, you can watch the Packers, but the Brewers and Bucks, you need to pay this $20 a month additional fee to watch most of their games. And yeah, every now and again, they get on national TV, but it's not necessarily as easy. And it has probably taken away from some fans. And I will be curious to see if, Bally gets the results that they actually want because I am very skeptical of it, just given where we are in terms of connected TV. All right, moving on to a couple quick things before we wrap up today's show. P.J. Tucker is not coming back to the Bucs. We need to you know, get that out of our brain. Uh, P.J. is not resigning here. I think everyone would love a P.J. Tucker reunion. I think P.J. would be a great fit for what the Bucs need in terms of wing help but I do not see P.J. Tucker coming back. I think it's a formality that he will rejoin the Heat, whether it he gets more money with the Heat or he takes a lesser deal to free up a little bit more money for Miami. Miami is pretty strapped when it comes to cash. And if Miami wants to bring in a guy like Donovan Mitchell, like. Bradley Beal, I I do think that they're going to need as much money as humanly possible. So that could be a scenario for that. And that's to me why P.J. is going to do this. I don't expect P.J. to get a long-term deal. I guess they could give him like a three-year, $40 million deal, but do you really wanna be paying P.J. Tucker uh, a ton of money in year 40? I mean, be my guest if you want to. But I, I think that would be a grave mistake unless you see P.J. Tucker as the next Dudonis has them, but I just do not see PJ Tucker living, leaving Miami. If you follow him along on Instagram, he seems like he is having the time of his life living in Miami. Like he seems perfect for sort of what Miami is: the always party, the you know, the top-down, the just enjoying life. Like PJ seems like he is living his best life. That's so cliche to say. But seriously, it does not feel like PJ Tucker is a guy who wants to move back to the upper Midwest or, frankly, move to a place that isn't Miami. Like, I don't know if I could see PJ Tucker in New York, right? Like, I don't see if, even though I think he would fit in in New York, it's still a cold place. It's still somewhere where it gets chilly uh, as the year goes on. I, L.A., I, I don't know. I mean, L.A. is. Not as fashionable as you would say Miami is. Like he's a high fashion guy. I Like I said, I think he's perfect for Miami in terms of his personality and who he is. And I just have a really hard time seeing him break away from that. I just think this is PJ's opportunity to get a little more money. Just like it could be for Pat Condon. Um, some people expect Pat Condon to maybe opt out of his deal and try to get paid. And now I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's an under the table thing going on with Pat Compton. And there's, it's not a coincidence that they're using Pat Compton's real estate company for some business ventures that the Bucks are doing. I think that, again, is all planned. And that's helping Pat get paid in other ways. But we'll see what happens. He has until the 22nd to decide. So we should have some Pat Compton news today or tomorrow about what he might do with his player option. Last thing, uh, Brooks good joining the Live Tour is absolutely a bummer. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, we, I, we haven't really done a ton on the Live. Uh, I've been fascinated by it. Um, I always have trouble with golf because I like golf. I like talking about golf, but I realize it's not a Wisconsin sport. But I also realize, if, if we had like a really good Wisconsin golfer, like if let's just say Colin Morikawa was from Wisconsin and we could talk about Colin every you know tournament, that would be great. Be a lot of fun that would make it a lot more interesting, I think, to the listeners. And you guys can tell me if you guys are like, Hey, we would do golf every week if you want to talk golf because I I could, like, I could easily do golf every week if there was actual interest from from the audience. But Brooks going to the live just sucks, man. Like, it it does because the Saudi stuff bothers me. I'm not gonna lie, like, it's gross, right? This is blood money. Um, they're trying to basically, you know, make their reputation into something of not killing journalists and repressing women and same-sex marriages and everything else that is wrong in Saudi Arabia, right? But I, I do understand those who say, well, our U.S. government has worked with the Saud- with, worked with the Saudis forever and ever. So how how can we really say this about golfers when the US government has had their hands knee deep in Saudi oil and other things? Totally understand that. I, I understand the hypocrisy there. But I, I do think that when we look at sports, we see sports as genuinely American in a weird way, right? Like the PGA tour, the NBA, the NHL, all of that is American based. Now, the NHL and I think tennis and a few others, you don't have European or Asian influences wherever you wanna call Russia. Um, they, They have other influences there, but there's not a competing Russian tour. Yes, the KHL exists in Russia, which is pretty high level hockey, but it's not the NHL, it's Quad A, right? It's like playing in the Korean league or playing in the Japanese league for baseball. But they're not getting, you know, the Mike Trout's and Alexander Ovechkin's not going to play over, you know, in Russia. He's still playing in the NHL despite him being a huge advocate for Russia, which he got a lot of shit for when everything popped off in Ukraine. So the Live Tour, basically being this thing that is, you know, basically people are doing instead of the PGA, is a really tough pill to swallow because there's nothing else like it. And part of this is Jay Monahan's fault for not necessarily growing the PGA game and making the PGA a little more player-friendly, even though I understand the point that they do not have a union and there are things that they do that are definitely more player-focused than any other sport. I still would like to think that they could have done some different things to prevent guys like Brooks Koepka joining the tour. Brooks is not a washed golfer. Brooks has won four majors. Brooks hasn't had the greatest of years. I should have known that Brooks was going to live when I saw his wedding in fucking Turks and Caicos with Jenna Sims. Like I should have definitely noticed that. But because I followed them on Instagram, like I weirdly have a stronger relationship, I think with Brooks as a golfer than I do with other other golfers in, in, in the PGA now to live. And I don't really think that this is enough for me to watch the live tour. Like, I know people are like, oh, it's great. Like, it's just golf. Like, there's, well, it's just golf because there are no advertisers that want to pay for it. Because if Pepsi or Pizza Hut or somebody else was like, yeah, we'll buy some, you know, ad rights for Live," they would get absolutely slaughtered. They get slaughtered like journalists do in Saudi Arabia. That's a bad joke. But seriously, like, there's no way that anyone wants to take this ad money. Because again, it's pure fucking blood money. And no one is coming to the table with that. So I I think this idea of like, oh, you know, they this is fun golf. It's just exhibition. They're working towards nothing. There is no championship. There's no, it's just basically, hey, let's watch these golfers play. And no one knows if this money is actually going to come to the guys. Yes, they're going to get paid an exorbitant amount of money. But have they actually seen the checks clear? That's my question. Like, does this money actually exist? It all sounds fine and dandy, but are they actually fronting these bills? Are these monthly payments? Are these lump sum payments? Like no one's asked those questions. And yet I don't think these guys are actually willing to take the questions because the way that the Saudi Saudi Arabia has sort of made sure that nobody talks about this type of stuff. It's disappointing that Brooks went this route. I understand it. It makes sense. It's a guy who's talked about not really loving competitive golf, but it's it's just sort of lame, man. It, it's just like, it's not real competition. It's just big exhibitions that no one's gonna really care about. And yes, maybe they'll get aided by Trump's influence because two of these, I think, will be at Trump courses. I think Bedminster and Doral, which are both happen to be of course, as the PGA told Trump that they weren't going to be at, remember the PGA Championship? This year we're supposed to be at Bedminster and they pulled out of it because of the what happened on January 6th. And then Doral, I think has been pulled out, uh, gosh, for the WGC now for three years now, I think. Uh, probably right, maybe four, I don't remember. But regardless, they haven't been at Doral in a long time. And I know Trump will use this as a vehicle. But I do think he has to be careful because I think there are tr- people who who do like President Trump and think that President Trump, you know, should be the 2024 nominee, but still will have major issues with this. I, I really do. I don't think that's a one-to-one thing. Um, the real extremists will, but those who, you know, whatever, we don't need to get into that. It's, we're going down a very big rabbit hole that we do not need to go to. But regardless, it's a major loss for the PGA. And there's rumors about Morikawa. there's rumors about Patrick Cantley, Shawley, like those are those are guys who are ma- major winners or soon to be major winners. Like to me, Cantley and Shawley, and I think Victor hovland has been mentioned as well. Like those guys are more pussies because they haven't won shit. Like that that's embarrassing in a lot of ways. So PGA has to figure something out. I guess the European tour is letting these guys, they're not banning anybody. They're saying, go ahead and play. They, they just don't care. I don't know, maybe the PGA tour needs to do that. And this is this is a precarious time. And I don't really know what comes next for the PGA tour because it's clear that they've botched it. It's clear that what Jay Monahan had said had no sort of bearing on guys like Kepka and Anser. And if Schwaffley and Cantley and Marikawa are all sniffing around too, then that's a real fucking problem. And I guess there's an all hands on deck thing tomorrow. And it's probably because of they're now, it's not just washed up dudes who are ready to go to the champion store. It's actually guys that you want to grow the game of golf that were involved with a premier event on TNT last year. And yeah, Bryson, whatever. We can lose Bryson because but he puts asses in the seats. So does Brooks. And I think they have a real problem on their hands. And I was a little less on that train last week. But the more, and I, the more and more that things come out, the more and more I worry about what the Live Tour could do to the PGA. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. That does it for today's show. Back tomorrow with Tabby the Keg. Uh, we'll talk then. And uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday for the Daily Tap. All right. See you. Bye.